Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and medium, and here we explore life, death, consciousness, and what it all means. We are in the beginning of a new year, which I know everybody has their New Year's resolutions that are typically around getting healthy, eating right, losing weight. But today we're going to focus on what I believe is probably the most important thing that you can do. It's the only thing that keeps us alive, really, which is breathing. So today I have M. Hollis on the show. M is a women's empowerment coach and breathwork facilitator, and she's passionate about sharing her story of going from a depressed, pain pill addicted, stressed out, insecure, self-proclaimed people pleaser mom, wife, and business owner to living a life of freedom, both internally and externally in all areas of her life. Through sharing her unique tools and techniques, she shows people how to live a life beyond the self-imposed limits they unconsciously create for the first seven in the first seven years of their lives, how to get back in touch with their bodies, and how to connect with their higher self. She is now a HeartMath certified ad heart facilitator, certified in neuroscience for personal development online through Udemy certified Soma Breathwork instructor and advanced student of Dr. Joe Dispenza's teachings. After having her own trauma releasing with breathwork, she now guides others as a breathwork coach through her online programs, creates her own unique breathwork style and meditations, along with leading Soma Breathwork ceremonies and workshops. She is passionate about teaching people how very important breathwork's role is in truly impacting you physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually and how changing your breath can change your life. Well, that is what we're here for. So welcome, Em. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Wow. So let's let's talk about breath. And and I want to talk about breath and also the origin of what I know is transformational breath work, but it's you call it soma, I don't know if there's a difference, so that's something I'd love to get clarity on, but Breathwork in general, what is the origin? Who sort of started this focus? The concept of breath being a tool for transformation or spiritual growth goes back thousands and thousands and thousands of years. I think that it is now coming, it's coming, more people are becoming more aware of it. I think for a long time, it was a lot about meditation, obviously, in the spiritual community and self-help community. And I think people are are discovering the power of the breath. I don't know if you've heard of James Nestor, but he wrote a, a New York bestselling times book just recently, like oh, two years ago. I read it. Yeah. Called, called breathe. And he went and studied quite a few months, I think abroad and sort of the physical aspects of how we have chronically learned how to not breathe properly over the years and how it's affected our jaws and our mouths and our lungs and everything physically, how it's affected us. And so I, I, I think that the more that people experience it, I think that's what's kind of opened it up for more people to start to dive in. What I teach as, as Soma Breathwork is different than other modalities of breathwork in that it encompasses many different techniques. So a lot of them just will teach you one certain kind for one certain outcome. 
where soma breath work is they they look at it very holistically and so there's different many different techniques and tools that you can use not just with your eyes closed with some music on but with your eyes open throughout your day and that's really why I loved it so much is because the the creator of soma breath work Niraj Naik he was a pharmacist actually in India and he got Crohn's I believe it was Crohn's and they said they're they're going to cut out his colon of course like you're never going to and he just said I don't I don't want that option and he saw firsthand how the medical model and and handing people out prescription pills all the time was really affecting him and they wanted to take this out he just said I don't want to do it that way I want to find another way and so he discovered breath work meditation and it was really through learning different modalities of breath work that he created what he created which is based in pranayama yoga and very it is very scientific because of his background and so you learn i mean in my training it it gets down to like the biology of what happens in your body when you're breathing and how you should breathe but then it also talks about spiritual growth and manifestation using your breath to raise your energy so that's why i love soma breath work because it's not just one way to breathe it's a holistic way to breathe throughout your day, throughout your life, with your eyes closed, with your eyes open, to get into better health, to grow spiritually, to have emotional releases, to release trauma from your body. So in other words, hopefully that answered your question. I think it, breathwork started thousands and thousands of years ago. I just think it's such an experiential thing. And as opposed to meditation where you're trying to quiet your, you know, you tell somebody, go sit and meditate and don't think about anything for five minutes. And people are like, are you kidding me? Like you're telling me to sit here and not think where, and that's how my journey started. The first nine months was just trying to meditate in frustration. And so when we actually use how to use our, learn how to use our breath, we can calm that sympathetic nervous system down just by changing our breath. So it it taps you into that space so much quicker. So what is the difference is transformational breath work overarching kind of umbrella as well? That's exactly it. So transformational breath work is more of, yes, like you said, an, an umbrella for certain kinds of breathing. So when I started researching breath work, I came across transformational breath work, holotropic breath work, which is right. more well known. Stan Lasgraf, who if people yep. have heard of his work, yep. he came out of the psychedelic that's right. Um, kind of the the 60s psychedelic movement. And my understanding is that when they really cut back on psychedelics, he found a way to achieve yeah. a similar state. That's right. That's through right. through breath. Through breath. Yeah. He he was doing a ton of psychedelic studies as a researcher and, and therapist. And when they outlawed that they outlet psychedelics. He said, mm-hmm. yeah, I want to figure out some other way to help these people reach these states of consciousness, which he himself had experienced many times. And he found through breathing that you could create the same sort of states as you could with psychedelics, which I know to be true because I've had those experiences myself. So as, as have I, so, yeah, which is right. why I've fallen in love with transformational breath work. Yeah. And yeah. as a matter of fact, for my birthday party this year, I brought in someone who led us in transformational breath work. So no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. I really, party. it I was, it. <laughs> if you're my friend, these are the kind of birth, yeah. weird birthday parties I have. Yeah. Right? Some people go out to dinner. Yeah. I bring in a transformational breath work coach. It's the best. The but best. I, but I think that my experience of it was I had, I was working with a body worker and mm-hmm. 
he was like, let's try this and see. And I instantly was out of my body and could experience like the, I could feel like the heaviness of being in a body, but I was outside of it. And it was just the most amazing. There you go. Yeah experience like I and I he's always like it's you know when he brings me back I'm like oh like yeah yeah I just want to be that soul yeah like free soul yeah 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 but I I think you said something really really important there and it's what drives my work is you said I could feel I could connect with my soul with my higher being my higher self while also simultaneously feeling my body at the same time where I think that's really where the magic can occur is bridging both of those worlds instead of just trying to leave your body feeling that feeling while still being being in your body which is I think easier for us to integrate all of that into our everyday lives when we're able to do it in our body so so what is holotropic breath work then so holotropic breathwork is extremely intense. It's not something that you would practice on a daily basis. So with Soma Breathwork, I have a, I have a practice that women I work with, they have a daily practice, but then we have the ceremonies that are longer, usually like hour, hour and a half. Those are more, those are more similar to transformational or holotropic. So holotropic breathing is over oxygenating the system. So you're breathing in and out through your mouth for 30 minutes to an hour. You have a sitter. So you have one person that's laying down and doing the breathing and the and their sitter who's sitting with them and just sort of being there, holding the space for them. And then they'll switch. So when they do these workshops or retreats, holotropic retreats, you have a sitter. So then one person goes and then you switch and the other person goes, but you're just doing this in and out breathing through the mouth. Like I said, you're doing it for anywhere from 30 minutes up to an hour of this. And it's extremely transformational. I mean, that he says you can go back. It's sort of similar to rebirthing. If you've heard of rebirthing breath work, and it's actually almost bringing you back to the moment of conception, the moment of birth, like you you can relive your birth all over again. So you are reaching these really intense states of consciousness. However, it is not something that you would do every day. It mm-hmm. also, it, it, it can bring up a lot of trauma. It's mm-hmm. sort of the, uh, one of the intentions of it. And if people are not prepared when they go home to have a practice to integrate that, I think it it can be a slippery slope. Yeah. Yeah. So I love holotropic as a tool for, it's just like anything else, like psychedelics or Mm -hmm. anything else. It's, it's a great tool, but the integration part is, is really ultimately what matters. If you don't have the integration, then you can have all the experiences in the world and none of them will matter if you're not integrating your everyday life. So holotropic is intense. It's extremely intense. I mean, a lot of people's their, their hands will claw up. It's called uh, crab hands and, and because their body's just not used to doing that, but it's, it's a, like I said, it's a great transformational tool, just not something you would use every day. It's more of like, if you're going to go do ayahuasca, it's something like that. Like you're going to go do it, plan for some stuff to happen and then plan for a day or two when you get home to, to integrate all of that. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So that's one. And then, and where does like four, seven, eight box breathing, yeah, yeah. all of those little practices yeah. kind of yeah. fit into this. Yeah. So box breathing, I think was actually created Buteco, the Buteco method. I think he was, I, I could be wrong. So don't quote me on that, but different ways to use your breath ultimately. So if you're doing like a, a box breathing four to four, that's what I would call it. like four to boxes, like 
in for four, hold for four, out for four, hold for four. So you're doing, it's like a box, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so it's just using your breath in different ways to create different, ultimately brainwave states, different, different states of consciousness. So for us in Soma, we always use rhythmic breathing. So you're breathing in as soon as you're breathing out. There's no pause in between your inhale and your exhale. And you can do different counts. So like a two to four count, like in for two, out for four, in for two, out for four. What that's going to do is because you're extending your exhale longer than you're inhaling, it triggers a parasympathetic response. But for some people, when they first learn how to, to breathe properly, that's the first thing that we learn in Soma Breath. So it's not like you're, you're doing these things just to heighten your energy or to have a spirit, like the, the basis of Soma Breath, the first level is just learning how to breathe properly throughout your day. So you take less, less breaths per minute, your body's healthier. It's just learning how to properly breathe, which most people don't know how to do because nobody tells us that because breathing just happens. Like you said, breathing is just something that we do. We don't think about it, but because of that, we are not conscious of our breath. So we're usually in a, most people are in a sympathetic response during the day. And if they're in a sympathetic response, they're going to overbreathe. They're going to breathe through their shoulders. And so they're creating this vicious loop to just stay in that stress cycle. But when you slow your exhale down, just by doing that, you trigger a parasympathetic response. But here's the thing. When most people are, are used to over breathing, they have a very low tolerance for CO2 in the system. Mm. People who have had a lot of trauma in their life, they have a very low tolerance. So just learning how to extend their exhale can actually trigger like a panic because they're so used to looking out for threats. Right. We're talking about time. being hypervigilant. That sympathetic yes. arousal state is that fight Absolutely. or flight response. So if you're Absolutely. always in that response and you shift out of it, it's going to feel very foreign and uncomfortable. And like you very have your guard down and at any yeah. moment you could that's right. frankly die. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's right. That's, that's, that's what this yeah. response is. Yeah. Yeah. I worked with a woman that just, it took months and months and months of working with her just to slow her exhale down, just to, just on a daily basis in her daily life to begin to allow her body to get into that relaxed state. So she didn't always feel hypervigilant, like you said, and, and looking for threats everywhere, like something was going to happen. So the, the very base level of Soma breath work is just learning how to have healthy breathing habits. And then from there, you can start using your breath in different ways, depending on the result you want to achieve. So if it's three o'clock in the afternoon and you're feeling sort of that tired, like mid afternoon thing and you, and you don't want to go to a nap, but you want to raise your energy, then you can do like a two to two breath, which is going to oxygenate the system. It's going to awaken your body and your brain a little bit more. You can use some pelvic floor exercises that actually stimulates a positive sympathetic response, which is what you need when you want to experience passion or creativity. Or if you're wanting to just get into like an alpha focused brainwave state where you just want to do something, but you don't want to be in that beta, like hyperactive, you can do a four to four breath. So you just sit there for a bit and just breathe in for four, breathe out for four. And so it's, like I said, it's really learning how to use your breath in a healthier way and then use it for, you know, whatever results you're wanting to achieve. If you're wanting to go to sleep at night, you can't sleep. You do a four to eight breath. The, the eight seconds out is going to put you like low alpha, maybe even theta. Mm. You'll go right to sleep when you do that. And then if you're wanting to have these deeper spiritual experiences, if you're wanting to have a trauma release, you would do, you could do like an hour long ceremony. And that's when I do Soma breathwork ceremonies 
usually about an hour. They're usually about four to five rounds of breathing followed by a breath retention, pelvic floor, all these different techniques to release emotion or just to raise your energy. So that is how Soma, I've, I, you know, when I had my first trauma release energy release through breath work, it was like, everybody needs to know about this. Everybody needs to know how to use their own breath just to do this. And I dove down the rabbit hole of all kinds of different breath work. And when I found the Soma training, I became a trainer right away because I loved how holistic it was. I loved it. It wasn't like you can only do it in this way. I loved how you use it as a daily practice. I mean, my husband and I are always joking around because we'll be driving in the car and all of a sudden I'll just be like, he's like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm just, you know, my Mm -hmm. body's feeling a little anxious. So I'm just, I'm just calming myself down. Like I just know how to use this tool to calm my body down or to energize my body. So that's like, I, he's worked, Niraj, he's worked with Wim Hof as well. Mm. Everybody usually knows uh, Wim Hof. Mm-hmm. Breathwork. Mm-hmm. He's worked with him. He he went to a lot of his retreats in the beginning. So there's definitely similarities in Soma between many other kinds, but I think it's the best one I found as far as holistically. Well, and it sounds like you're teaching people to to recognize maybe what state they're in and what they need. Yeah. in that moment. So like right. I could have really used the four, eight, you know, at four 30 this morning Yeah, yeah. when I was trying to fall back asleep. Yeah. Yep. And yep. it's interesting. Cause my daughter said to me last week, we were, we were overseas, we were flying and the girl next to her, my daughter has like severe anxiety around uh, people getting sick and throwing up. I mean, who, mm. do, who doesn't, who, mm, do, who right. wants that? But yeah. And the girl next to her, which is so typical, all of a sudden like pulled out her barf bag and was like, like turned white. And my daughter, I just saw my daughter's face and I was like, just breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Breathe. So simple. And she said to me later, she's like, you know what, mom, the best thing you've ever taught me was to breathe. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's that easy, huh? It's, it's, it's that easy, but people it's that easy. So people say, what do you mean? Just breathe. Like, I don't, I mean, if you think about it, like I said, they've been using different kinds of using your breath to get through things for thousands of years. Think about Lamaze class, right? Like learning how to control the pain just by learning how to control your breath. They've used these in in so many different ways Mm. that of course, I mean, it, when, when my friend first told me about it, he had come back from a Wim Hof retreat. We were actually at a, a Joe Dispenza workshop and he went from Wim Hof retreat to Joe Dispenza. And he was like, you have to try this breath. Like this is, this is like taking what we're doing here and just going to the next level. And I too was like, what do you mean? Like breathing, you know, and, and I'll never forget. He was like, take a breath. I was standing in front of him. He's like, take a breath. And so I took a breath and like that. Right. And he's like, no, 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 no. That's not how you breathe. I'm like, well, it is how I breathe. <laughs> it's how I breathe my whole life. Mm-hmm. He said, no. And he laid me down. We were in Cancun, Mexico, this beautiful resort. He laid me down on the ground and he put his hand on my diaphragm. He's like, okay, when you breathe in, I want your belly to rise and breathe out. I want your belly to fall. And that was the first time I'd ever even heard of belly breathing. And it felt so bizarre in my body. It actually felt like I wasn't getting enough air because my body was so used to not breathing that way to shallow breathing and unconscious breathing that it felt foreign in my body. And it took me continuously practicing that over and over and over for weeks, just becoming aware of how I was breathing and breathing through my belly before, of course, 
it, it became a habit that my, I mean, my body still breathes shallow sometimes if I'm in a, in a state of stress or whatever, I know I can feel it in my body. But the most profound thing was he, he told me, he said, just do that. Like, just do this, just learn how to breathe like this. And when in Dr. Joe Dispenza also teaches a, a breath work, I guess you could call it breath work technique and very specific to him. And again, one specific way for one specific result as is with other breath work. And then just adding that belly breathing to it was, you know, what happened when I had my first trauma released from my body. I didn't know, I didn't know what it was. And I just could not believe how could something as simple as our breath get us to these states. But I think because it's reconnecting with your body, which we have all disconnected so much from our body. And it's it, your breath, like you said, is the, the only thing that keeps us alive. And yet we are so disconnected from a breath. We're so disconnected from our bodies. And for me, that was the missing piece because I had been on a spiritual journey for years that focused solely on meditation. And I watched so many people get lost in the ethers and yet could not ground into their body whatsoever. And to me, it was like, there seems to be a missing piece here. Like we're in bodies, mm-hmm. we're in bodies, you know, like, so there's gotta be something to these bodies. And for me, it felt like that breath was, was the missing piece to, to integration for all of it, because I was reconnecting with this beautiful thing that I'm in that so many of us disconnect from. What, when you say trauma release, what did that, what does that look like? So in my very first experience that this happened, like I said, I didn't, I didn't have any frame of reference for this. Like I had never really heard. I had heard briefly once before about somatic experiencing. It was created by Peter Levine. Mm -hmm. And he, he talked about these, when people go into a fight or flight or freeze response that they actually don't finish the response. And so the, the trauma of it gets stuck in their bodies. And so he developed this technique to help people um, actually finish that response. And so I'd briefly heard of that, but nothing, nothing else along those lines. So in that, that workshop, actually, he, my friend said, okay, you're just going to breathe like this. And then we're going to go into, you know, the meditation that, that we were doing at the workshop. And I did that and I was in a heightened state. I do want to mention that I was in a heightened state when I went into that meaning I was highly triggered because of something that was happening in my life at that moment. So I was feeling the emotion on the surface of my skin. I was heightened in that emotion. And so I sort of took that as ammunition. I didn't know that's what I was doing at the time. I didn't know what I was doing at the time. And, but I, I, uh, to, to a sense, amplified that feeling, that emotion, as I was just doing this kind of intense or intense belly breathing. And then we went into this specific breath and then we went into this meditation. And as I was doing that, my body started shaking uncontrollably for about five minutes. I had no control of my body, none. Mm -hmm. Like I could not have stopped it. There was nothing that I could have done. And it just shook in the chair uncontrollably. And after about five minutes, it's like my, it's like I dropped and I did not move for the whole meditation it was like an hour. I did not move one muscle. And when it was done, I literally felt like 20 pounds. I felt 20 pounds lighter. I was like, mm-hmm. what just happened? Well, that's when I went home and I started researching 
the power of breath work to work within our limbic system in our brain, which is actually where we hold memories and emotions and thoughts. And then I started learning more about the energy that we hold in our bodies and learning about trauma in the body and what that looks like. And more of these sort of somatic tools that I had, I hadn't known up to that point. I'd been in the spiritual world, but not in more, like you said, body work and somatic work. And, and I realized what had happened was my body was releasing whatever it had been holding on to. And that was like, oh my gosh. So do you know, was it a specific experience? You don't have to get specific yeah. if you don't want, but was it yeah. a specific experience or just the whole of what you, you've accumulated over being a human being and what we kind of pick up along the way? Yeah. Great question. So in that experience, no, I didn't know. Now that was, I don't know, three, four years ago. Now, throughout the last four years in working with breath in my own body and, and now having many, many, many trauma releases, energy releases from my body, there are times where it happens and I specifically rem remember the moment. I will have the memory from three years old in my head, the moment that I grabbed on and I held on to that trauma in my body. I will remember that in a moment. I will know what I released. I will feel the emotion move. Through. I mean, the reason why it's so hard to do this is because you're going to feel the emotion when it comes up. Mm -hmm. You're going to feel it move through you so that it can be released. And that's really scary for some people. They're not ready to re-experience the trauma. And so, of course, they suppress it. It's what we do. We suppress, 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 and our body holds on to it. And then, as you say, we stack along the years. So people think, well, I had this trauma when I was five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old, and that's what I'm working with. Yeah. And from that, you also created a life from that moment at 10 years old that this happened that accumulated all sorts of other experiences that you suppressed in your body too. So as you said, you're not just working with that one time. Right. And I think it's really important for people to know when they hear trauma, because I think people yes. think trauma is always yeah. big T trauma, which means like usually some sort of physical, sexual, emotional abuse yep. that it's life altering, yep. that they have some sort of post-traumatic reaction to it. That's yeah. actually not what we're talking about nope. here. I don't yeah. think. I think yeah. we're talking about, and I had this experience. I did um, cannabis as a psychedelic. Mm. And um, what came up for me was like this random memory from like when I was five. Mm -hmm. It was not eventful in yeah. any way. There was yeah. nothing. Yeah. I mean, I remember it, but there was nothing memorable. I'll yeah. share with what it was. It was there was a bird that had been injured. I think, I can't remember if someone went, like one of my friends hit it by accident or something yeah. happened where the bird was injured. And yeah. I remember picking up the bird and putting it in like a little plastic container. Yeah. And I remember there yeah. being a wagon and someone pulling the wagon. And that's all I remember. I don't remember feeling yeah. particularly disturbed by this experience yeah. or, yeah. um, upset by it but like yeah. clearly something there was some emotional disturbance yeah. right some emotional um what's the word I'm looking for residue that yeah. this left for me yeah that yeah. that made it memorable enough that when right. I went back and was able to sort of tap into some of those right. you know when I could shut off my monkey yep. mind and yep get to some of these experiences, that was something that was traumatic for me in some way. And I think it's important for people to distinguish sometimes because you might Absolutely. think I'm, I wasn't traumatized in my life. That's not what we're talking nope. about. 
No. And I'm so glad that you said that there have been so many people throughout the years that I have worked with, or me and my, my partner, best friend, um, we, we did some coaching together for a while. And so many people that would come in and say that, like, I didn't really have anything almost, they, they almost use that as, as a weapon against themselves. Like, well, I didn't have, I wasn't, you know, abused or I wasn't like, so then why am I, why am I feeling this way? Like what I, something's wrong with me because I should be happy or should be. So it's like, they almost use it as a tool against them. Those moments create, like you said, I love that emotional residue in the system. Anytime we have a disturbance or any kind of stress that we hold on to, we hold that in our body unless we learn how to let it go in the moment. And that's why mm. I love breath work too, because when I am ha- when I'm activated, when I'm triggered, when I'm feeling something, I don't have to know when it's from. I don't have to, I don't have to know any of that. I go into my room 15 minutes, put the music on, I pull it out. It it's like taking a, a Xanax, but I just took a Xanax in my own body. Mm-hmm. I was able to release that emotion as it was coming up instead of shoving it back down. You you don't you don't need to know your breath will bring it up. Your breath and the other part is when you start practicing this on a day to day basis. When you make breath work as part of your practice, it does trigger the limbic brain. So it's you're you, you, so many people that start working with me say, "Well, I don't even have memories. Like I don't I don't even know. I I can't remember any of those things." And as they start using it as a daily practice, they do start having more memories. And I love. I'm sure you're familiar with Gabor. Mm-hmm. I heard a quote from him the other day, which I loved. He said, "You know, people think of." trauma as an event that happened, but it's not the event. It's the beliefs and the energy basically that you took on from that. So it's Mm -hmm. not even the actual thing that happened. I'm like, I love that because like you said, so many people think, well, nothing happened in my life. Why do I hit it? You, to this day, you go and have an argument or a fight with your husband and you don't allow your body to actually feel that emotion, bring it up and and let it out. You're going to suppress it. You're going to push it down. So it's, it's things that can happen on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So would you be willing if possible to lead us in a quick little breath work? Typically I would use music. I do have a five minute, it's, it, it, it's getting rid of anxiety. It's on YouTube. I can play that for you. This is the go-to tool that the women I work with in my online programs this is what they use in moments of stress, anxiety, if they want to go to sleep, they'll play it over and over and over again. I use it if I'm having a, a panicky mo- moment, completely calms me down, relaxes me. If you're driving, pull over. Yeah, if you're driving, pull I mean, you 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 can do it driving, but you're going to feel really relaxed. And, and so here's the other thing that's really important when you do this. Make sure you're breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth.
feel nice and relaxed now yeah I feel kind of buzzy like yeah and light a little lightheaded really wow in a good way or yeah 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 is that not normally happen like do people not feel lightheaded but buzzy but not typically lightheaded I don't know if it's lightheaded as much as I feel clear-headed yeah. Like, yeah. I guess yes. maybe that's the difference yes. is it yes, just yes, feels yes. like, like if you were looking at the bottom of a pool, like everything feels like cleared out. Yes. That's more what it is than like light at it. That's more normal. Yes. Yeah. Yes. As you know, you're going into more of a parasympathetic response. So of course your head feels clearer, your body feels more relaxed. And when we relax more, we kind of tune into that frequency to that energy more so of course we feel buzzy and usually my lower lip will get a little tingly and my lips I tend to get really dry yeah and and the more that you practice it like on a day-to-day basis it won't do that as much but yes that's also normal too in holotropic breath work they have them actually put stuff on their lips before because they're breathing in and out of their mouth constantly too mm-hmm. and so in breath work we we always try to utilize the nose if you're doing more of an intense, similar to holotropic, you're going to breathe in and out of the mouth, but typically it's in through the nose, out through the mouth. Yeah. I feel like I think some of what I've done tends to be more mouth breathing. Yeah. 
Yeah. And like really getting deep down. Yeah. Breathing into the pelvis. Yes. Oh yeah. 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 And when you, and when you're working in more of, like you said, in, in more of a session, like a transformational session, we're going to go, you're going to utilize more of those tools as opposed to something like this. It's just something actually when you're driving or just when you're getting ready or something like that, when you just kind of want to relax a little bit, get more clear headed, that is when you would do something like this. And that's what, that's why I said, that's why I love Soma because there's so many different ways that you can use it. It's really about the music. So Niraj, the creator used to be a DJ in like the club Mm. scene actually before he Mm. became a pharmacist. So he knows the power of music. We all know the power of music and getting people energized. And so music's a big part of it as well. Well, um, first of all, thank you so much. I hope that people as part of their wellness routine really do incorporate breath into what they're doing. The book that you talked about, Breathe, is fantastic and really talks a lot about how our mouths have changed over time, how it's impacting our breath and how that impacts our entire system. Yep. Just just another thing to add to your list of of what you have to do to get yourself well in 2023. But where can people find out more about you, about your work, about breathing? So I do a free breathwork ceremony on the first Sunday of every month. You can follow me on Eventbrite because all my workshops and my free workshops, paid workshops, I always put on there. And then Facebook, I'm always posting on Facebook and Instagram. And then my website's mhollis.com, really easy to remember. And I do free full day workshops as well. And then I do in-person workshops and retreats. I work specifically usually with women. And, but yeah, mhollis.com has all the information and Instagram and Facebook is a great place. Well, thank you for your time today and for that lovely session. I want to go sit longer and just be for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you. And um, I know that all of you listening will absolutely get something from this and let us both know how you feel after that little session that we did. So thanks for that impromptu. uh, Yeah. Thank you. Putting you on the spot like that. Great idea. Being um, open to it. So thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for having me here. It was awesome. Like what you heard today and want to hear more wondering what comes next and what it all means. Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between.